Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, Vice President of Social Media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the Fireworks Commissioner, Flashlight King, and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. to Garage Logic, the deputy mayor, Tom Hauser, one of the many deputy mayors uh, in today for Joe Souchere, who I'm sure is enjoying a nice, long, leisurely Thanksgiving weekend. Do you think, Manny, is that probably what he is up to? Just probably still eating uh, turkey leftovers? Yeah, I'm willing to bet that the mayor is also probably enjoying a cold one right now, too, as we speak. And I wonder, does he deep fry his uh, turkey in the garage? Uh, this is garage hmm. logic, I would guess. You don't want to do it in the garage. That's a safety hazard. Right. But he probably does it in the driveway. Yeah. Just outside the Probably garage. right right outside, right for the neighbors to see. And so he can kind of brag and say, ha ha, got, I've got fried turkey. And here. there was really almost no better way to, to deep fry. I mean, to eat turkey than to deep fry oh, it in fantastic. one of those deep fryers. It's it, the it, best. It is. You got to be careful what yeah. you're doing. I, I've, <laughs> I've witnessed some mishaps in my day. We don't try that at my house. We don't want... <laughs> We don't want the fire marshal uh, hanging around any more than than we have to. But uh, it's uh, I had a great Thanksgiving. How about you, Manny? It was very good. I mean, I was here for most of the day yesterday with the Vikings game, and me and uh, me and uh, Phil Mackey we did uh, Vikings vent line after the game yesterday afternoon. But uh, after that, I met up with the family and uh, had some grub. So good. yeah, well, that's good. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Family is what it's all about. And you know, it's amazing uh, the family connections in uh, tonight's prep bowl game in class 6a uh, and we're going to talk about that with uh, minnetonka's head football coach dave nelson we're hoping to be joined uh shortly as well by mike grant from eden prairie but these two guys manny are going to square off tonight and they are both legendary coaches in their own right yeah. but they are also the sons of coaching legends dave nelson the son of stan nelson long time uh, legendary coach at Anoka, and of course, Mike Grant, the son of legendary Vikings coach Bud Grant, who mm -hmm. led the Vikings to four Super Bowls. And these two guys are going to face off against each other. Uh, I guess that's a hockey term. They're going to kick off against each other. They're going to square <laughs> off. They're going to face each other tonight, Manny, uh, in Class 6A on 45 TV. You'll be able to catch the game there if you don't go to U.S. Bank Stadium in person. So let's uh, kick things off here with Dave Nelson, the head coach of the Minnetonka Skippers. Dave, how are you today? Good, Tom. How are you doing? Happy I'm doing Thanksgiving. I'm doing great. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and your family as well. Uh, it's been a, a few years since you've had a, a team back at the Prep Bowl, uh, 2004. But when you went there, you did it right, and you won it all. Uh, it was your second state championship. How special is this one, knowing it's been so long, so many years, and so many players have come and gone uh, until you got there again? How special is this game tonight for you? 
Well, you know, I, I think they're all special uh, in their own way. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've been back. So I, I think you, uh, you know, it makes it that much more special. I'm just really excited for our players. They, they work so hard and, and they have this as a goal of theirs for a long time. So uh, just really excited for them and our school community. It's, it's been a, it's been a really fun ride. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and it was a little bit of a, of a nerve wracking ride uh, a week ago against Creighton Durham Hall. Uh, you had a 17 to nothing lead and then you had to uh, hang on at the end and you, you went for it. I think it was, uh, what was it? Fourth and two uh, down in, in uh, Creighton's uh, end. Uh, you turned the ball over on downs, but you said, okay, you guys can try to go. 98 yards in in whatever amount of time they had left. Uh, how you had to feel somewhat confident, but in high school football, uh, you just never know, do you? You know, you never know, and you've seen some of the wild finishes uh, this fall with Maple Grove uh, as a great example. You, you never know, and you know the game momentum. We had the game in hand at 17 nuts, and we have the ball uh, on the 50 yard line. Don't convert, and they really hadn't done a whole lot offensively. Um, but uh, they go down and score. You got to give them credit. They they hold us. We punt. They score again, and then we went on a 16 play drive and ate up about seven minutes of the clock and got it down to two. And they had burned all their timeouts. So you know we made a decision to to go for it and, and put the game away. It didn't make it, but our defense held on, and it was uh, just a great win. And your team has been incredibly uh, resilient. You've had a couple of amazing drives. Uh, that one to preserve. Uh, the victory, and I, I believe it was at the week before against uh, Prior Lake when your offense had been struggling. And, and tell me about that drive that went down and culminated with a game-winning touchdown. Well, it was really unbelievable, uh, Tom. You know, it's uh, uh, bitter cold out. The wind's at our face. We're on the 10-yard line with about six minutes to go, and we really hadn't done much at all, even with the wind. And and our quarterback, Aaron Severson, just kind of put uh, the team on his shoulders, had a couple scrambles and and converted on uh, some big downs. Uh, you know, we had a third and 21 that he got us out of, and uh, we we went for the win. It was fourth and six, balls on about the well, 15-yard line, but it's a stiff win. We elected not to, to go for the field goal for the tie, but go for the win. And Aaron scrambles and finds Jackson Owens uh, in the end zone. Jackson made a great catch, and, it was one of those games on the way home. You, you ask yourself, did, did we really do that? It was amazing, especially under the conditions. And uh, Aaron Severson can't say enough about him. He's just a fantastic quarterback, and uh, he got it done for us. Yeah, Aaron has come through uh, in the clutch. He's got a great arm. Uh, he's he's a good mobile quarterback. He can throw well on the run. He he is a, a, a lot of fun to watch. And in that game, you could just tell the kids were having so much fun because. As I recall, it was snowing near the end of the game. It was cold. Uh, I mean, it, it looked like one of those old-time football games, and uh, the kids had to have loved it. Yeah, you know, it was almost like it was scripted. You know, right after we scored, it was like somebody on our sideline pushed a button to bring the snow in. <laughs> it was almost surreal. And they, you know, threw a couple of deep balls, and you're just hoping that you don't get a, a freak tip or whatever. We've all seen that, and you know, before. and um, it was an unbelievable win. It got a little warmer all of a sudden at the end of the game. Uh, we weren't feeling the cold quite as much. <laughs> I'm sure. Now let, let's talk about your matchup tonight with Eden Prairie. You've played them once before. I was at that game. Uh, it was at Eden Prairie. Uh, you had an early lead. It was a very tight game uh, up until in 
till halftime and into the third quarter. Uh, and then uh, some things went a little haywire for you there near the end. I, I believe the final score was 39 to 21. Uh, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but that game seemed and it was a lot closer than that final score indicated. Did you did you get the idea you can play with Eden Prairie despite the fact they've been number one all year and now they've uh, played two straight shutouts in the playoffs? Uh, how do you feel going into this game at a neutral site at U.S. Bank Stadium? Yeah, well, you know, the takeaway from our first game is we think physically on the line of scrimmage that we can we can play with them. And, you know, we just have to play well. You know, that game, uh, the first time, it was a four-point game with seven minutes to go in the game, and we had just scored, had a little momentum. Uh, they get a kickoff uh, out to their 45. They hit a long pass, and we throw a pick six, and in about a minute, the whole thing changed. So we just have to play well. And to other players, we don't have to be – uh, superman or superhuman efforts we just got to play up to our ability and and i think if we do that we have a chance obviously they're uh just a great program uh they have um, their success is, is really unbelievable what when you look at their body of work and and we're excited to be in the game but we're going to go down and, and try to win the game not just play in the game and we'll see what happens now what are their players that you're going to have to account for of course is antonio montero the metro player of the year i know when i was at that game uh last month and I would constantly, I didn't know a lot about Montero. In fact, I, I didn't know anything when I went to the game, but I heard his name. It seemed no matter whether they were on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side or on special teams. And I'm, I asked somebody I was with, I go, how many Montero brothers are there on the team? Because they were <laughs> constantly calling his name. How, how, how do you account for a, a player uh, that talented? Well, yeah, and he's very deserving of the Metro Player of the Year. He is a great football player. Like you said, Tom, he, he kicks off for me. He's their extra point guy. Uh, he kicked a long field goal against us, and he's all over the field defensively. Uh, we just have to try to uh, play sound and, and play technique football so we come off blocks at the right time and, and try to get in his way. And, and he's going to make some plays, you know, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, but we just have to, uh, you know, try to minimize the, the impact that they have. And, He's also uh, good with the football. He's a hard runner, and, and he's a great uh, complement to the running game. And and uh, so it'll be fun. We're going against uh, some of the best players in Minnesota, and, and we're excited for that. Now, how do you uh, work with your kids to uh, get over the fact uh, that they're playing in the championship game at U.S. Bank Stadium? How much did it help that they already had one game, a pressure-packed game, there already was that a big help so they can kind of get over the the wow factor of playing at u.s bank stadium absolutely you know you know going into the week we talked about the opportunity and, and you, we might be playing in the greatest stadium in the world i don't know i'm sure you know the one down in dallas is, is, is something too but there's not many stadiums you know when you think of high school football in, in america there's not many states that have a better venue to play their the state championship rounds in and so it, it was huge to get down there early to you know to look around to get used to it to, to get that uh, you know first shock because a lot of the kids had never been in it before and and uh, but then you know when the game starts you kind of forget about it it's uh, you're kind of locked into what you have to do and you know obviously um, uh, you know it's, it's different than playing inside or outside but it's uh, it's quite a treat for the kids it's a memory that they're going to have the rest of their lives no doubt. Well, the funny thing is I, when I stepped out side to head down here to the station it's almost 60 degrees outside you you guys could be playing this game outdoors and be very comfortable 
Well, Marina and I just took a walk, you know, and we had to take layers off by the time we were done. It's, uh, you're right. <laughs> we had suffered for three straight weeks. You know, we had the bitter cold in the first round of the sections and section championship. We had to plow our field off. There was two inches of snow on it. And then prior lake, I don't know if I've ever been involved in a game that was that cold and windy. It was just brutal. So it's really fun. I'm not looking at the weather reports anymore every day. We know it's going to be uh, no wind and about 72 degrees. It'll be great. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, Dave and I do happen to be neighbors, so I do see Dave out uh, walking uh, from time to time and working out in the lawn. And and Dave is one of the great uh, family men. You know, we were talking about these legendary football families, the Nelsons and the Grants, and uh, Dave is just a great uh, family guy. And Dave, one of my favorite memories of you will always be when you and your wife, Maureen, would organize the neighborhood Easter egg hunt when your kids had gotten older. <laughs> and Dave and his wife uh, would hide Easter eggs uh, around the, the neighborhood park. And then Dave himself would come out in an Easter bunny costume. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be outing you on this right now, Dave, but uh, that's just the kind of guy uh, Coach Nelson is. And, and that's kind of the way you're coaching this team. You've told me, I stopped you in your driveway the other day, and you were saying this is a special group of kids. And this is like your extended family, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's really a special group, and, and I can't really put my finger on it, but uh, they are selfless. They are in it for each other. They just want uh, to they just want to win, and they don't care, you know, who gets the glory, and it's, it's really been a fun ride with these with these guys. And, you know, last year's team, you know, we made it to the state quarterfinals, and, and Blaine beat us in the first round, but the, those guys kind of set the table for these guys and gave them a great example, and we challenged them at the beginning of the year to, you know, what are you going to do with the example that was in front of you the year before? And they've taken it to a new level. So they're just fun. They're uh, they're really into it. They they love to play the game. They love each other. They really do. You know, it sounds kind of corny, but they, they really do. And uh, whether they're in the weight room or practice field or locker room, they're they're just having a ball together. So it's, uh, in a way, going to be kind of sad to, to see it end. But I know that all good things come to an end, and we hope we have a happy ending tonight. Yeah, and it's as a coach, how do you know when you have a special group of players? I mean, I know you think every team is special, but some teams, and it happens in high school, college, the pro ranks, uh, that that you you just know that a certain team has that it factor. Well, yeah, and I think we found out kind of early because we had back-to-back wins over Maple Grove and Edina, which were just classic finishes, and both came down to fourth and one. And, you know, that's part of it, you know, when you, when you make them plays on the field, but, but also, uh, you know, we ran a, a camp for special needs kids in August and we had 55 of our players show up and it was one of the coolest things I've ever been involved with. We had it on our field. We had about 50 special needs athletes there. We had a ball and you just kind of step back and you watch these kids interact with others. Tom, I get emails every, every week about from parents about how our kids, uh, go up to their, their children after games and make them feel special. And our principal, um, Jeff Erickson, talks to me all the time about how our kids are in the hallway. They're just really good, caring kids. And and I think that, uh, you know, that's part of it, too. It's just not having good players, but it's having good players that you like to be around. Hey, Dave, I'm going to let you go in just a minute, but we first want to put Mike Grant on. We have uh, reached Coach Grant from Eden Prairie. I want uh, just one quick question for the two of you guys, then I'm going to let you go, Dave, and I'll hold uh, Coach Grant over uh, for our next segment. Uh, Coach Grant, are you there? I am. 
All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, big game tonight. Uh, Dave Nelson is on the other line, and I know we've been talking about what a what a big matchup this is, and about uh, how it's certainly a special game for the Minnetonka Skippers, their first time there in, in the prep bowl since 2004. And uh, some people might say, Mike, this is old hat for you because Eden Prairie gets there so often. But I'm guessing every game is every prep bowl game is special for you, just like it is for Coach Nelson. Well, yeah, it's not like uh, the NFL where you might have a team that you keep together for 10 years. You know, every year it's all new kids almost and, and uh, you know, a new experience and new leaders. So, yeah, it's it's special every time. And, uh, Mike, as you uh, – we're going to let Dave go here in just a moment, but uh, as you look at the Minnetonka Skippers, what do you think about the job that uh, Dave has done with them this year? Well, I think, you know, that, that – uh, they have played outstanding throughout the year. You know, we, we in the in the new age of modern technology, you get to see every game that they've played, and they've seen every game we've played. So you get to watch them, uh, you know, and get to know them pretty well. So you know, they're 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 a typical Minnetonka team. They're a physical, big physical team, and you know, we've had great games over the years with them, and I imagine it'll be the same tonight. And Dave, uh, any final words for uh, Mike Grant before you see him uh, tonight on the sidelines? <laughs> Not really. Just uh, got a ton of respect for Mike and, and his staff and, and his players. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward tonight. We're playing the best and looking forward to the opportunity. All right. Uh, Coach Nelson, best of luck to you tonight. Uh, Mike Grant, stay on the line. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk uh, some more with you about Eden Prairie Eagle football. Again, uh, Coach Nelson, thanks for joining us. We'll be back in just a moment. And we're back on 1500 ESPN Garage Logic. This is Tom Hauser sitting in for Joe Souchere today. And we're, we were happy to talk with uh, Minnetonka head football coach Dave Nelson a few minutes ago. And we are now joined by Eden Prairie head coach Mike Grant. They will uh, square off against each other tonight at about 7 o'clock at U.S. Bank Stadium in the 6A Prep Bowl game. And, uh, Mike, as you look at this game, uh, what is the key thing that you're looking at as you go up against Minnetonka? It's number one against number two. Well, you know, it's like any game. You know, you, you know, there are certain stats that determine it. And, uh, you know, the first is turnovers. So we got to protect the ball and, and we got to try to turn them over. Um, if, if we can, um, certainly we got to control their quarterbacks and outstanding kid that can scramble and make plays. So we got to try and contain him a little bit and, and make sure he doesn't win the game. He's, he's had a couple games where, you know, late in the game, he's made huge plays to win the game for them. So you want to try and control him. And then, you know, we got to try and run the ball against a big, big defensive line that they have and big, you know, they got a big uh, defense and, physical kids so that's always a challenge and uh i don't know you know you we've played and we really feel like we've played 12 good games uh you know we really haven't had a down game we've played well all year and, and you know we gotta just continue to play with that confidence i think in that last game the regular season game against minnetonka i was at that game at eden prairie and uh that the story there was turnovers minnetonka turned you guys over early in the game and took an early lead and uh they kept that game close uh through much of the game until then you guys got some turnovers at the end and 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 put it away uh what did you learn about minnetonka in that game well don't fumble the first play of the game uh, <laughs> that helps that's always good advice yeah it's you know the game is is simpler than people think um and so, you know, the first two times we touched the ball, we fumbled. And we gave away points, you know, in both of those. So, 
you know, again, you got to hang out of the ball, <clears throat> try to, you know, try to minimize their explosive plays that, that they can get. They've got some really talented kids. And, and then, you know, we've got to have some explosive plays. I don't know that we're, you know, physically strong enough to just grind it out on them because uh, they're so big and physical on defense. So we'll try to make some big plays. And, you know, every every uh, prep ball, every game is an adventure. And, you know, you sometimes you think, you know, uh, you know, like this last game we beat them 39-21 and, you know, relatively high scoring. And, you know, it could be a 7-3 to three game. You know, you just don't know uh, how, how how it goes. And, and uh, so you got to be ready for just about anything. And, you know, I'm sure Minnetonka and, and I know we will be ready for you know whichever way this game goes. Yeah, in fact, you beat Maple Grove uh, to to get to this game, and they had one of those games where that proved anything can happen. Uh, and and you know that about you're because you're, you're coaching high school students, high school players, so anything can happen on any given day. You you don't take anything for granted. Well, no, and you know, I mean, the three things to win it all, you got to. You know, you have to avoid turnovers, and you got to avoid injuries. Now, you know, a year ago in the prep, we left three starters in the middle of the game. Uh, you know, our three of our top kids were out, and and that changes the complexion completely. So, you know, you got to avoid injuries, and then you got to get the breaks. You know, the, the officials are going to make some calls, and uh, you know, if they goes against you or for you, that can determine the game as well. So. There's a little bit of luck involved in it because the ball also is not round and it does not bounce uh, like a like a round ball does. It bounces and it can go any direction. And you know we've had games over the years where we've won games because the ball bounced our way, and we've lost games because the ball bounced the wrong way. So uh, I think everybody that can make predictions, uh, you know, they're just guessing. And if I made a prediction, I'd be guessing because this thing could go high scoring, low scoring. You just don't know. Now, you've got a lot of great players on your team in just the minute we have left here. Uh, talk to me about the Metro Player of the Year, Antonio Montero. I know I was telling uh, Coach Nelson uh, when I was at your game uh, last month, and I kept hearing Montero, 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 whether you're on defense or offense or special teams. And I literally said to somebody next to me, how many Montero brothers are on the team? I mean, he leads the team in touchdowns and in tackles, and he's your place kicker. Uh, clearly, he is a key component on your team. All right, and that, you know, that's what I'm talking about. If he would get hurt or something, then you go, well, you know, I don't know that we have a plan B. Uh, you try to have him, but Antonio's a great kid. You know, as good a player as he is, he's, he's a better kid, you know, and that's that's what we like about him because we just love being around him every day. He's a great young man um, and, you know, a competitor and could play any position really for us. Um, and, you know, as, as we get later into the season, as we often do, we – you know, those top players uh, like Orion Iverson did uh, when he was playing back in the 90s, all of a sudden they appear on offense more often. And, you know, Antonio, uh, you know, didn't play a lot of offense early in the year. But as we got closer and into the playoffs, he's been a key component of our rushing attack as well. So he can do it all. Uh, we've got other kids that can do, you know, that are outstanding players. But Antonio certainly is our leader. Well, Coach Mike Grant, uh, best of luck to you tonight. Uh, you were runners-up last year. That was a disappointment, but you've won 10 state championships. You're going for number 11 tonight. Uh, good luck as you go up against the Minnetonka Skippers. It should be a great game. It can be seen on 45 uh, TV tonight around 7 o'clock, depending upon how the other games go. But uh, thanks, uh, Coach Grant, for joining us uh, today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. All right. That was Coach Mike Grant.
from the Eden Prairie Eagles. We heard from Dave Nelson, the uh, head coach of the Minnetonka Skippers, a bit earlier. I can't wait for the game, Manny. I'm going to be there tonight, and uh, I'm just hoping to see a, a great football game, and uh, let's hope we can cap off the high school football season with uh, a great game. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back after this. And welcome back to Garage Logic. Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser in for Joe Souchere, who's enjoying some Thanksgiving leftovers today, I imagine. Uh, he um, probably, as Manny and I talked about earlier, was uh, deep frying his turkey uh, just outside of his garage because the fire marshal would uh, look askance at doing that in your garage. <laughs> so I'm sure he cooked it outside. And boy, Manny, you and I are inside right now, but we really ought to be outside. I just got yeah. an email from our one of our meteorologists, Jonathan Uhouse, who says... We are setting a new high temperature record for the day. The old record was 59 degrees back in 1990 and 2011. And apparently right now, we have 60 degrees. Is that's that the amazing. Inf- is that the information you have? That's, what, that's yeah. what I'm getting from our meteorologist. So we have broken it, and it still might go up another degree or two. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, well, I remember 2011 being, being a really, really mild... Uh, Winter. I don't think we got a lot of snow that year, that winter either, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I had read somewhere uh, on the long-range forecast uh, that December was shaping up to be warmer than normal, mm-hmm. which is not good for a guy like me who builds a hockey rink in his backyard. I've done yeah. this every year since 2000, so this will be the 18th edition of my hockey rink. And I really count on some cold weather to get that rink yeah. uh to get the rink in once it gets uh, once it's put in and the water's in and it's frozen solid i don't mind some warm days here and there because you just stay off the rink and it's fine but there have been some years where we get all the way to christmas and it still has not been there has not been a cold enough spell where i could even put the water in and fill it so really you just need it to be really really frigid to get the rink started yes. and then after that if, you know, if, if I can good. if I can get a good solid three to four days mm-hmm. of, of cold weather, gotcha. uh, the rink will pretty much freeze solid. But the worst scenario, and so I usually wait for when I see in the forecast that there's going to be a few days mm-hmm. uh, before I'll fill it. If it's only going to be cold for a day or two, I don't do it because the worst case scenario is you fill up thousands of gallons of water <laughs> in your rink, in the backyard, and then it doesn't freeze because then leaves and things blow into it and when it does freeze you've got them all baked into the ice yeah. or in my neighborhood there's a lot of deer i haven't had this happen yet but I, I i've heard of people who have had it happen where the deer will go running through kind of a semi-frozen hockey rink and, and mess know, it up and if they poke a hole in your liner then you're then then you're toast <laughs> because wow. now yeah. all the water leaks out and so you really need it to get cold stay cold for a few days until it's frozen, and then you just take whatever whatever comes. But yeah. uh, but for today, since I'm not filling my hockey rink, I'll take 60 degrees. It yeah, should, be, beautiful. It should uh, be a lot of fun. Like I, was, like I was saying to the football coaches uh, from Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, they could be playing this game outdoors tonight, <laughs> the, the prep bowl, all these teams playing over at U.S. Bank Stadium. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some politics. We'll have the latest on the Al Franken situation when we come back. And welcome back to Garage Logic. Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser sitting in for... Mayor Joe Souchere here on 1500 ESPN Garage Logic. So far, we have talked about high school football championship game tonight in 6A, and there's games going on all day long on 45 TV. If you want to catch any of the action in any of those uh, classifications of high school football across the state, then we talked about the record we've set today. It's 60 degrees. We have broken 
the old record for this date by one degree, and it might go up another degree or two, according to Jonathan Uhas, one of our meteorologists. And now, for something completely different, uh, we're going to switch to politics and the politics of sexual harassment, and specifically the case of Senator Al Franken and some of the allegations he is facing. And joining me to talk about that is Stephen Shear from Carleton College. Stephen, how are you today? I am well, Deputy Mayor. You had a, and keep in mind, I was unelected. I mean, I, I was not elected. I was appointed to this position. But now you're subject to scrutiny yes. now that you hold public office. <laughs> oh, luck. Gee, thanks, thanks for that, Steve. <laughs> I, that's all I need is people like you analyzing me. Um, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Well, good. good. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, since the last time you and I spoke a few days ago, uh, two more women have come forward in the Huffington Post uh, claiming that uh, Al Franken inappropriately touched them during uh, uh, pictures they were having taken with him. Both of these women uh, are anonymous. They have not revealed their identities. Uh, Senator Franken said it's hard for him to challenge these uh, allegations when these uh, allegations are anonymous. So we don't really know where that's going to go, but we do know there was another woman, Lindsay Menz, who did come forward publicly and alleged the same thing while she was having a picture taken with him at the state fair back in 2010. And then, of course, the case we all know about with Leanne Tweeden during the 2006 USO uh, show that they were both on prior to uh, Al Franken being in the state Senate. So we did a poll this week, Survey USA, KSTP, and we did a poll. And uh, Stephen, as you know very well, and you have uh, written an article about it as well, that only 22% right now say staunchly that he should stay in office. 33% say he should resign essentially immediately from office based on what they know now. But 36% are saying they're willing to, to let him wait for the results of a Senate ethics investigation. Now, again, the poll was taken when we only knew about two of the allegations. Now two more have come forward. Uh, your thoughts about those numbers? Well, uh, first of all, I think that he the opportunity for Franken is with that 36% who are waiting for an ethics investigation, because that will take a while. It will be confidential. Uh, and I think what the senator's hoping to do is let this all blow over and let people forget about it so that he can run for reelection in, you know, 2020. That, I think, is his bet. Uh, whether it will blow over is far from clear, it seems to me. Yeah, that seems like a long shot bet to me, given the current climate that this will blow over and people will forget about it, given the fact here at the state level, we've had a couple of state legislators uh, facing, again, I don't want to say they're, they're not the same types of allegations that the senator has faced, but they have been sexual harassment allegations, and both of them have resigned because they determined they could no longer be effective in office. Our poll also asked, okay, if he does stay in office, can he be effective? Only 32% of respondents said he could remain an effective U.S. senator. 37%, so a plurality, say he would be ineffective. And then again, there's 32% who just aren't sure. And, and frankly, none of us can be certain how effective he could be. But uh, what do you make of those numbers? Well, they're not very promising for him. You know, I, uh, uh, he's hoping that uh, he can turn the page on all this. But I also want to note that I think he has created a problem for himself because he sort of issued a series of non-apology apologies. Uh, he has admitted the photograph uh, was inappropriate, and he's regretted that action. The photograph but, with Leanne Tweeden, right? right? But yeah. the others, he said, well, these women may have perceived that. I, you know, I that's not 
what I recall and so forth. He hasn't admitted to anything else other than what's in the photograph. And so I think he's trying to evade, uh, uh, you know, uh, claiming that he actually did anything. Um, uh, and uh, I'm not sure that's going to work, you know, particularly because the DFL party is a feminist party. And uh, I can very easily, Tom, see him having a female opponent for renomination in 2020 if he should stick around in office. And I think he'll be in real trouble with that. And, 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 it's, and it's going to get increasingly difficult for him to explain some of these things away if the number of people, uh, you know, women making allegations continues to grow. You yes. can, you can yes. maybe explain away one or two instances where maybe your hand accidentally brushed up against uh, some inappropriate part of somebody you're having a picture taken with. But if the, these women who've come forward, again, two of them anonymously, say this did not seem to be accidental, inadvertent behavior, and that is going to become increasingly difficult for him to explain. Right, and I, there's another piece of evidence we have to add here that I think helps to complete the picture. Uh, there were some uh, promotional photographs of him with Ariana Huffington from 1996 when they both appeared on Comedy Central, and in those promotional photographs, he is feeling her uh, bottom in a way that looks un inappropriate. He clearly thought at that time that that was funny and that was part of his routine. Um, so that suggests to me, at least, that he didn't see any of this as a big problem back then, and uh, he may still not see it as a big problem. Now, what do you make of the fact that it has now been uh, more than a week since the Leanne Tweeden allegations first came out, and he has not said anything publicly? He has not even been seen in public, we were hearing some reports that he might speak to the media on Sunday, but we have not been able to confirm that yet. Mm -hmm. But what do you make of the fact that he has gone now nearly eight days without even being seen in public, let alone talking to anybody, just issuing uh, statement after statement through his staff? Well, he's tr uh, trying to diffuse this by, you know, not admitting guilt except with the photograph. And then he is keeping a low uh, profile in the hope that attention will move away from him. Um, and I think he also was wary of making public statements because there may be more disclosures coming that could cast him in a bad light. So that's what I, I think he's doing, uh, you know, a, a sort of a, he's trying to chill everybody out. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it, that may work day to day, but over the long term, he's got to surface, he's got to respond to this, and uh, he's got to face his accusers. Well, and he certainly had timing on his side because this broke right before Congress left Washington. I was out there, as you know, a couple yeah. of days last week trying to find the senator. And the, this broke on Thursday. Well, late Thursday night, both the House and Senate had adjourned for the long Thanksgiving break. So not only is Congress not in session, everybody has taken off for the holidays. People are scattered all over. Uh, so the timing has been good. He hasn't had to miss a lot of votes. He did miss a few on the day that this broke. But it would have really looked bad if he would have tried to stay in hiding while congressional business is going on and, and he would have been missing business. What happens if he does come forward and he says, Look, I, I apologize for anybody who misunderstood what was happening. Uh, you know, I never did any of this, you know, intentionally. But then more women come forward after he denies that there's anything else. How, how damaging would that be? How difficult would that be to recover from? Well, I think it would be difficult. Uh, you know, the uh, Huffington Post disclosures, those two women who were anonymous were both Franken supporters. And that's the real problem for him is support within his own party. Um, 
when you have... Uh, and the Huffington you know, Post is not exactly a right-wing uh, PR that's right. machine. That's right. And when you, know, when you have state legislators uh, uh, resigning quickly as a result of sexual harassment charges and him attempting to ignore all that and just hang on in office, it's, it's very difficult. This is, uh, the whole question of sexual harassment is not going to go away in Congress. In fact, I think that that whole arena is starting to open up. You can see that the, uh, John Conyers, the senior Democrat in the House, is facing serious charges and calls that he resign. Um, and uh, we know that there have been millions spent in anonymous uh, settlements regarding sexual harassment with incumb- incumbent Congress members. And... All of this is going to continue to dribble, dribble, dribble out, and I don't think Franken can disassociate himself from this. This Steve, issue is going to be with us for a while. Just 20 seconds left. His approval rating now in the state is 36%. That was after just the first two allegations. That's only five points higher than President Trump. How difficult will that be to boost that number for Senator Franken? Well, I think it will be difficult uh, if, because uh, it's very hard to turn the page. People begin to develop a perception of you and I think the single most important thing is that photograph it is really incriminating and it will be part of his permanent legacy all right Stephen Shear from Carlton College as always we welcome your insight on this issue and uh, we're going to be talking about this I'm certain for days and weeks to come at a minimum Stephen Shear from Carlton College nobody does it better when it's breaking down what's going on in politics in Minnesota we're going to take a break we'll be back on garage logic after this